my beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord. It never goes the way you planned. I can think of countless times that happened in my own life. It never went the way I planned. I planned to retire when I sold my company, to buy a house somewhere on the ocean or the mountains where I could fly fish. I had it all planned out. I had everything the way it was going to go when suddenly I got a phone call from the bishop. And it changed everything. It doesn't go always the way you plan. How many times have you planned something and then, whoop, well, there goes that onto something else. And then you think, okay, well, this is the direction I'm going, whoop, nope, somewhere else. Well, this is precisely what has happened for us for the disciples that we journeyed with, for the followers of Christ who journeyed and thought, this is the time. They were thinking, the kingdom of Israel is going to be established. They had all their hopes set in that. They were moving in that direction. They had it all laid out. They saw where Barabbas failed, and they weren't going to let that happen. Even the disciples were taken up with it, thinking that it was going to be a military coup. Thomas says, let us go die with him. Peter says, see, I have two, here are two swords. But it didn't go the way they planned. Yes, everything was going wonderfully. It was time for the Passover. Jesus had been saying some things, but they didn't really get it. thought it had something to do with this earthly kingdom. They were preparing the Passover meal. Isn't it marvelous that a room was already prepared for us? We didn't have to do anything. There it was. We're going to go up there. We're going to eat with the masters. We're going to plan our coup. Jesus said some words that they didn't really understand. Peter, no, you're not going to wash me. When they were all done. They would do what Jesus liked to do and go to the garden, the cool of the evening. Yes, everything was going. It had been a long day. Just like the past 24 hours has been long for a number of us. Oh, how wonderful. Just a short time now. And then, without warning, it was turned on its head. We didn't see it coming. We could not have anticipated it. Suddenly, Judas shows up with a mob. Now, Judas had an encounter at the Last Supper in the upper room. But Judas is Judas. We all knew he was a thief. We knew his propensities. He was very firm when it came to the money. We thought, well, Judas is just being Judas when he left. We didn't see it coming. Suddenly, in a flash, Jesus is hauled off. Everybody flees. 
They are left bewildered. What just happened? I didn't see it coming. Even Judas was taken back. Judas didn't see the course of action that it, they took. So shocked was he that he gave the money back. Though he didn't repent. But he didn't expect it. He went and said, you need to stop this. This has got to go. And they said, what is that to us? That's your problem. He didn't see it coming. Peter says, I will never deny you. And before you know it, not once, not twice, but three times he denied him. And Luke has a very great recording of this event. Luke is so accurate that on that third time, when the cock crowed, Jesus looked straight at Peter. Peter never saw it coming. He did not expect himself to fall the way he did and deny his Lord. They go to the cross. They're jeering. They're waiting for him to die. They're mocking him. And those who remained around the periphery of the cross stood spellbound. We never saw this coming. Jesus dies. A soldier pierces his side and then says, Truly, this is the Son of God. A man who is a pagan never saw it coming that he would believe that the man he just pierced was the Son of God. We were left last night outside the tomb with Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, numb. What happened these past 36 hours or so? We were doing so well, and now it's over. We were with him. He was whisked off. There was a trial, and he's dead. Now what? Three days later, they're trying to cope and live with the life that, okay, this is over. Our hopes have been dashed. The Marys, the myrrh-bearers come to the tomb expecting it to be just as they left it. They didn't see it coming. They didn't expect it. But suddenly the earth quaked, the stone was rolled back, and found the tomb empty. It wasn't what they expected. Seasoned soldiers... We're talking Roman soldiers used to battle, standing guard on what was pretty much an insignificant event, just standing there, nothing of value here. 
were suddenly thrown back in fear and trembling. They didn't see it coming. The earth began to quake. It didn't see it coming. Hades was shook violently. For it thought, as St. John Chrysostom would say, it thought it grasped hold of a man, and lo, it found God. And in that moment, was destroyed. And the jolt was so hard that it tore the gates of Hades open. Hades didn't see it coming. It's not what it expected when he died. And this course of life would continue on for the disciples. They didn't expect to see Jesus in the midst. And that we keep hearing several times in our gospel, suddenly, 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 he's in their midst. What do we do with this? What does it mean for us? Weren't we lost in the garden? Didn't we throw it all away because we chose self over God? When we fell, did we have any idea we deserved to be restored? Human inclination says if you do something that bad, you're not worth saving. We didn't see it coming. It's not that we were saved, but it was the manner that how and who saved us. A military army didn't save us, but the very word of God saved us. And he didn't work from afar. He worked right within our own nature. We had no idea. We didn't see it coming. We couldn't comprehend a God who says, okay, I know the perfect way I'm going to save them, but I can't do it where I am as God. I can't suffer. I can't die. I need a body. So he takes a body from the Virgin Mary. He has flesh and blood as you and I do. Now he has a body that he can suffer, and now he has a body that he can die in. And now he has a body that he can raise up. And you and I have a participation in that body. We go back to the garden. The garden of the skull. Remember we talked about last night. Where Adam took paradise and turned it into a place of death. And through Christ, the skull place, turned a place of death into paradise. When that centurion pierced the tabernacle, as John Chrysostom would say, of the side of Christ, blood and water flowed out. The water for baptism, he says, the blood for the Eucharist. But that's just not all. He will go on to say, if we go back to the garden where it all began, and we look at Adam, God put Adam in a deep sleep and opened his side 
and took a rib and fashioned Eve. They were created in marriage. The two became one flesh. And now we see, with Christ's side open, the church is born. Our participation in Christ is through baptism and the Eucharist. And in that, we are created in marriage in Christ. No wonder God has used the matrimonial relationship throughout the whole, of course, of Scripture. From beginning to end and all in between. So tight is this relationship between us and God as it is between a husband and wife. Marriage is supposed to reflect that. He took, and instead of just making us like we were in the garden, walking around again, renaming animals, he made us better. He not only restored us, but restored us to a position that we did not have before. A relationship that was impossible even in the garden. Because now we partake of Him. Now we eat His body and His blood. We are baptized into Him. We live in Him. And we will rise with Him. On that last day. We are created for Him. The forgiveness we receive. Is from Him. And we have that always. Because it's a a, a continuous gift. From the cross. When all the people rose from the grave. That we heard. And when the tombs arose. They didn't see it coming. The people around. Aunts and uncles were returned. But eventually they would die again, as would Lazarus. But the gift that God has given us is that this death is not eternal, but temporal. Short, until Christ comes again. He has prepared a place for you and I. Beyond our wild imagination. Better than the garden. He's made us adopted sons and daughters of God in Himself. Now, we partake not of blood and go, of, of bulls and goats and the meat of that that's offered, but the very body and blood of Christ. We become gods through Him. We didn't have that opportunity before. We didn't see it coming. He restored us in a fashion that was far superior than we could have ever imagined. It never goes the way you think it will. Most of the time things happen and you never see it coming. And that is the way with the course of our life. But one thing is steadfast in all of it. That no matter which way we get moved, which direction we go, we always have a center. We always have an anchor in the risen Lord.